listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Hour number two of Miller and Moulton on this hump day. Thanks so much for being with us. Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Seth Everett makes his weekly visit one hour from now. Howard Beck to talk NBA in a little more than 90 minutes time. It's a pleasure to welcome back a talented but busy man. He's Andy Staples. He writes about college football for The Athletic. He talks about it on SiriusXM's College Channel, and then he talks about it some more with his friends from The Athletic Department, if you will, on The Andy Staples Show and Friends. Follow Andy on Twitter at Andy underscore Staples. Andy, it's David and Mark. Thanks for your time. How you been? I'm doing good, Dave. How are we doing? Well, we are doing fine. Listen, uh, we read with great interest, and we talked about it a lot yesterday, uh, you and Stuart Mandel's story on Rashada and the details and the recruitment and all that. Is this the aberration, or is this kind of sort of the going rate in college football? It's not even close to the going rate. It is absolutely the aberration. Uh, it's not coincidental that there was not real money behind that contract. You could have put whatever numbers you wanted into it uh, because unless you had guaranteed money backing it, it was pure fantasy. And I think that was that was the problem. And, you know, both sides of the equation, the, the collective that was relying on that money to be there to pay it out and the – Rashadas and their representation should have done a lot more due diligence before they, they signed that contract. How so? I mean, just very simply, Andy, what what should the Rashadas have done differently in this whole thing? Because well, first of all, their 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 agent, who's a twenty, you know, a, a SMU sophomore, probably should have said this overly broad termination clause that allows you to terminate this contract for basically anything, maybe we need to change that language before we sign that because it ended up getting terminated before he got a dime. So uh, that's the sort of thing that a more experienced agent is going to, I mean, would have recognized within 30 seconds of beginning to read the contract. And that's the, that's one of the pieces of it. The, the money is so out of whack, so off, you know, not even close to market value Somebody should have smelled something, and I don't. I don't know exactly how they got to those numbers. We've we've asked. We tried to get to the bottom of that, uh, but there's no universe where a freshman quarterback is worth thirteen point eight five million over four years. There's not. Like there is no quarter. Trevor Lawrence coming out of high school, who was one of the most sure thing prospects ever, would not have been worth that. So that's the thing. I mean, it, it didn't pass the smell test, and nobody was using their noses. You know, when the Gator Collective, you know, was created a year or so ago, we all had the impression that, wow, <laughs> they have their act together. And Florida is really going to benefit from this. Is this something that shows that the Gator Collective doesn't have their act together, or is this a one-time thing? Well, they've done everything pretty pretty right besides this, but they've been dealing with much smaller deals. You know, And that's the thing. What set off alarm bells to me when I, I realized what the number on the contract was, 
and this is before I got a hold of the contract, was the Gator Collective never, and there are multiple collectives. Like, this is not the only collective that serves U.S., but they've never dealt with any numbers like that. Like, they don't have that kind of money. So somebody had to have been promising that money, and they took them at their word. Now, I don't necessarily, listen, I don't deal in, in those sorts of figures in my daily life, but I'm guessing <laughs> if my name's going to be on a contract and I'm going to be on the hook for that much money, I'm going to make damn sure that it's guaranteed in writing. And they didn't do that. So they took somebody's word that the money was there and the money was good, and then they just signed the contract. And it, it, it's going to hurt. And Florida's going to have to deal with the out, you know, the fallout from that because all it takes is one of these going bad and very publicly, and and every school that recruits against you is going to be like, well, you know, they're not good for it. Well, they've been good for everything else, but you know, you, this is this is the problem. Everybody knows about this one now. Is that going to be the the only collective serving Florida? No, there already are others. I think there's plans in place to to kind of consolidate a little bit and, and run it a little differently. So, in fact, I know there are. So I, I don't know how much damage necessarily that does long-term, but I do know if you're, you know, the Florida coaching staff, you're going to get questions like that. And this is, a, this is another weird part of NIL. Like, depending on your state law, the school can or cannot have involvement in this stuff. And in the states where the law is a little more restrictive, and Florida's one of those, they got to be careful what they say and do, the coaching staff. So it's not like they're supposed to be saying, hey, you know, you can trust these guys. They're good for the money. Uh, they, I, they can say that. They can't really do much to direct it. And I think that's kind of one of the issues that happened here is there's no coach in America, had they been told those numbers before that contract got signed, who would have been like, oh, that's good. Let's go with that. Because that this can screw up your locker room. Like, a coach would go – Oh, one, he's not worth that. Two, I could get him. I could get, like, two good defensive tackles, some edge rushers, maybe an offensive lineman. Like, that is so much more money than, than anybody is getting. And I think, you know, somebody who understood the market better would understand that. What is a five-star recruit getting, Andy? And is it guaranteed for four years? One of the things you're ta- you know, talking about that this that there was an out clause for the collective is that a normal clause? And what's a typical five star kid getting today? So a five star quarterback right now, you know, those would be the most valuable probably in terms of recruits. But we're talking about low six figures. We're, we're talking about probably in the in the hundreds of thousands a year, or like you know, between a hundred and two hundred thousand a year for top-of-the-top-of-the-line guys. Now, guys who played in college who have played well, whether they went in the transfer portal and wound up somewhere else or got a, a deal at their current school, they're getting more. But they've proven that they can play. Most of these collectives are not speculating that hard on recruits. Now, some of them are paying out you know, to recruits, but it's not that level of money. You know, and it's interesting because Rashad had committed to Miami beforehand, and there was this report that it was for a deal worth nine and a half million over four years. We never had, we never found any evidence that that was true. And in fact, we had a quote from John Ruiz, who runs Miami's collective, in the story, 
where he said, I can't tell you the exact amount he agreed to because of an NDA, but I can tell you it wasn't in the universe of $9.5 million. So uh, in terms of guarantees, that all uh, most of these are written fairly loosely. But you and, and, and Stuart, is, Andy, oh, but you and Stuart Mandel in your story did report that Miami had already given Rashada a $125,000 check, which obviously he had to return after he committed to the Gators. Isn't that, yes. I don't know if it's illegal, but isn't that against the, you know, there aren't many NCAA rules about this, but isn't that against the one that's on the books, which is basically, listen, you can't use the cash to lure the kid. You can get the kid and then you could pay him. Right. Right, and that's where Florida maybe got lucky that the $500,000 upfront payment that was due December 5th didn't get paid. But the the Miami one, yeah, you could construe that as an inducement. Now, what they're going to say, and they may, they may prevail on this, is he is a, a student athlete in California where high school athletes are allowed to have NIL deals. They did their contract through a California company in California. And so there's to say, this was a high school athlete who had a, a, a lot of renown because he was a big recruit, and we signed him up to be an endorser. Whether that passes the smell test is another question, but that's what they can say. Now, Florida's was not quite as uh, sophisticated as that. It was a contract written in the state of Florida where the state law forbids inducements, and did not have any deliverable ahead of the payout. Now, marketing advances are a thing that exists, but didn't, didn't have any deliverable ahead of the payout. And certainly would have appeared, had that money been paid, to be an inducement to sign national letter of intent because the, the money was due uh, 16 days before signing day. How many, how often are inducements out there? I mean, Andy, we're all, we all understand how this is going. Uh, how how often how often is an inducement there? Ninety percent of the time. No, you think three stars are getting paid up front? <laughs> like, no. I, I, hey, this thing's the wild west. I don't know how this is going, Andy. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it, think about it this way: this is purely like high school economics. People with options have options, so they're going to be enticed or at least attempted to be enticed. People with fewer options, you don't need to. So like the, the ones that are big time, that's on the table. Yeah, and that's not a new thing. Like that's been going on for, how long has college football existed? 150, <laughs> I'm bad at math, 154 years? I think it's been going on for 154 years. Uh, listen, you were pretty good coming out of high school. Would you have had options? <laughs> I had no options. I, I was being recruited by one double A school. We call it one double A then. It was, it was the SCS now. Uh, yeah, I was being recruited by one double A schools that, that were offering, you know, some sort of scholarship money. Uh, the uh, the big ones were saying, "We'd love for you to pay pay your tuition and then come to beat up at practice." So uh, that was that was not a not an option for me. Andy Staples. What is an option is reading him. 
from The Athletic, listening to him when he's on SiriusXM's College Channel, ESPNU Radio, and also listening to the Andy Staples Show with his friends who work at The Athletic when they talk about college football and college sports at large. Follow him on Twitter at Andy underscore Staples. Andy, uh, great work with Stuart Mandel on the story. Thanks for making time for us and all the best. No problem. See you guys. Andy Staples joining us this morning here on Miller and Moulton. You got to admit that when you see the figures laid out in a story, all right, it, there are times in which the newspaper slash internet can even be more powerful than television. And when they're laying out the financials of a deal, it to me is more impactful than even hearing it. And it was an obscene amount of money. <laughs> And I wonder where the Gator Collective got so far out in front of this that they thought they had to invest that much money to get this guy when it seemingly wasn't close to what the going rate is. It will haunt them for a while. Miller and Moulton, thanks for listening. Florida Sports Network. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton. Only on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-one minutes past the hour. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Seth Everett coming up top of the hour. Howard Beck in a little over an hour. NBA trade deadlines three o'clock tomorrow. Kyrie Irving's already been traded. LeBron James passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar last night to become the NBA's all-time leading scorer. League sure making a lot of news, Mark, during Super Bowl week, I'll tell you. Well, they lost Christmas. They've got to do something, David. The NFL took Christmas away from them this year, and the NBA is mad. Yeah. So they're getting theirs this week, and good for yeah. them. I will say, you know, we started the show talking about Super Bowl week, and it used to have some fun. There used to be some trash talking. There used to be guys that would make mistakes and maybe miss the game or get in trouble. But with the lackluster leading up to the Super Bowl, the NBA has jumped right in. And you love yourself a trade deadline. The East is loaded. It does get us, I mean, it's gotten me a little more fired up for the second half of the NBA season. They've done their job this week. Well, I will say, and and listen, you and I have rail on the NBA a lot and we hate the NBA regular season because we hate the style of play that the, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I think it's closer to AAU basketball than it is to the, I just think it's not a good product, but I'll say this, the chase for the championship is wide open. I mean, honestly, our 20 bucks, as we like to say, we'll give you the $20 to place the bet. Who are you placing it on right now? I think most of you would Celtics over Milwaukee, over Philly. You know, we don't even know, you know, what Brooklyn's going to do here in the next 30 plus hours. We're not even taking into account the entire Western Conference. I mean, obviously, those three are going to have to go through each other in the East. Somebody obviously is emerging from the West to say, hello. I mean, this sucker's wide open in a league that very rarely is the championship wide open. 
But lately, Mark, you have to acknowledge the last couple years in the NBA, going back post-bubble, you know, Milwaukee's win over Phoenix. And then last year, Golden State, Boston. And now this year also has a feeling of, hmm. Because remember, Phoenix was the one seed out west. They had the best record in the NBA last year. They didn't even make it to the conference final. So we've had two years now, and it looks like we're going to have a third in a row in which the league, which rarely has been wide open when it comes to who can win the title, is pretty wide open. And on top of what you're talking about is that when we've had this in one conference, usually the one side has a dominant team that we think, all right, someone will get out of the West and they're going to face X, and X is going to beat them. I don't think we have any assurances of whoever. I think the East is a better conference, but as you said, there could be five teams in the West that could get to the final. And all of them would have a legit shot of whoever comes out of the East. And goodness knows, I mean, Dallas made their big move. Uh, let's let's see who else makes a play here. Because we've said it for a while. If we were general managers of a Western Conference team that was in the top six, we would make a play because I think this is the year that you maybe the best chance, I don't know, since the seventies. All right. To get out of the West by making a deal. Cause it's, it's a bit of jambalaya in the West right now. Cause nobody's buying Denver. Let's be honest. I mean, sorry. You, I mean, what the heck have you done? We're not buying it. We're not buying what you're selling. Even though last year, before everybody got hurt, you might have been the best team in the West. Well, second best next to Phoenix. So, anyway. More NBA in a little more than an hour with Howard Beck. And, by the way, the bonus hour is back how it used to be. All right? After a little detour, it's back. Good, bad, and ugly. What's on tap today was the day when all that stuff. For those of you in Lake City, Tampa, St. Pete, and Port Charlotte who don't get the bonus hour, well, that's where floridasportsnetwork.com comes in. May want to check it out or download it after the fact. And an all-time discussion coming in today's bonus hour. <laughs> Are you really going to go there? Oh, 100. I could do it right now, but I'm saving you, David. I'm sp- sparing you that I will not do this until we get to 9 o'clock. What do you mean you're sparing me? Do you think this is going to embarrass me? Not at all. Make me look bad? No, you like to do a sports show. Sometimes I can take the show off the rails. What I'm trying to do is keep this sucker on the tracks till 9. And at that point, all bets are off. That's all I'm saying. Let me tell you, these commercial breaks in the Twitch chat room, because I don't know if we can keep it off air. We we can keep it off air till 9, but I don't know if we can keep it out of the chat room. I can. I've got it locked in. Well, I think it's that time. I think we all know what it is. One of the few times that Felipe will set it up and we actually know what he's talking about. It's the clutch vodka play of the day. You better not go the association, for goodness sakes. Okay. We had two overtime game winners in the NHL last night. Right. So if you go the association, this better be good. I asked Mark before the show, anything crazy happened in the NHL, just in case we wanted to play the audio of LeBron passing Kareem and have an actual clutch play. But... We settled on LeBron making history, you know, most points ever, 
John Ireland, Lakers radio play-by-play announcer on the call. Westbrook with it. Give it to LeBron at the right elbow. LeBron, one-on-one against Kenrick Williams. Backing him in. Turns. Shoots. Scores! There it is! Oh, hail! The new king in town! Young and old, gather round! From one iconic Laker to another. The king, LeBron James, has passed the captain. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and LeBron now stands alone as the NBA's all-time leading scorer. 38,338 points and counting. LeBron stands alone at the top. There it is, LeBron James, the NBA's all-time leading scorer, and it is certainly our Clutch Vodka play of the day. That's Clutch with a K, check them out at clutchspirits.com. Hashtag your drink with the hashtag clutch spirits on any of your social media sites and look for them anywhere that you buy your liquor. You know, Twitter yesterday was having fun of how they predicted LeBron would score the record-breaking point, and everyone said right. they wanted to see a skyhook, but I think that would have been a little disrespectful. Actually, oh, no. No, it's the ultimate oh, sign no. of respect. Right. It's the ultimate sign of respect. And he was apparently working on it in pregame warm-up. He was taking skyhooks from three. That would have been disrespectful. But backing a guy in on the block in basically a free throw line skyhook, I mean, Kareem made his living doing that. And you couldn't stop it. You knew what he was going to do every time down the court, and you couldn't stop him. I mean, Jerry West was the logo and still is the logo, but they could have made it Kareem's skyhook. I mean, they really could have. I mean, if they had gone with the skyhook, anybody would have had a problem with that? Probably. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, you got to remember, Mark, when they went with the logo, that was, you know, 40 years ago. We we didn't hate each other the way we hate each other but right But Kareem now. was not an overly loved player. I mean, think about it. Yeah, not until the end. Right. Not until the end. That, so, I, I I don't know. I, I Trust me, it wouldn't be like it would now if they changed it to somebody. We would, you know, tear it apart no matter who it was, unless it was MJ. Exactly. Well, then even then, you know, it just, there'd still be a loud, you know, faction of Twitter and the talking head shows that, you know, just, I need to just take the other side. Well, because... It's a wonderful society that we're in today. It really is. Miller and Moulton. Seth Everett will contribute to that society coming up at the top of the hour here on the Florida Sports Network. You're listening to Miller and Moulton exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes before the hour, Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Seth Everett to join us at the top of the hour. I can tell you the two things he's really fired up about, Mark, just to prepare yourself. Because I feel like sometimes, you know, you have to be prepared for Seth. Most times we don't know what he's bringing to the table. I think I have a pretty good idea based on his rantings and ravings on Twitter the last two days what he's bringing to the table. Wants to stab Kyrie in the neck, and he hates 
Super Bowl week in Radio Row. Thinks it's awful. Thinks it's it's terrible for the sports radio listener to have to listen to this week of radio from Radio Row in the Super Bowl. Really? Yes. Hates it. Thinks it's awful. Interesting. So I always thought our experiences on Radio Row were pretty good. Providing you get the interviews that we were able to get the years we were there. I, I, I think people like to hear from the greats of all time. You know, we did have some big time behind the scenes fights on Radio Row when you wanted the Papa John's guy. Yep. And me and our producer were battling you to say, no, we did not. Right. And I'm like, come on. First off, he's the Papa John's guy. Secondly, he's a sponsor of the Super Bowl now. Just ask him how much does it cost? You know, what's it worth to the business? That sort of deal. You guys said two to one vote. I lost. No Papa John's guy. He was right there too. Had his makeup on and everything. Oh, he was ready for everybody. Yes, he was. TV, radio, print, digital. It didn't matter to him. Yep. At the time, he was popular. You know, it's kind of like Jared from Subway. You know, now you look back, you go, ooh. But, you know, at the time, that's a get. Now, see, I understand we're in, in major cities. And I understand we're in a big market in Tampa, St. Pete. But where maybe the guest list at a Super Bowl, I don't know. But, you know, for the most part, we've worked in mid-sized markets. So we always looked at Radio Row, and we understood, you know, they're all plugging something. and and But we thought the listener knew that. So we would get the plug out of the way right away. Well, and that's something I'll give you credit for. When David and I teamed up, he says, hey, we get these guests and they're plugging something. My thought is, let's get this out of the way now because then the guest, and you were so right on this, and, and where we realized it truly was on Radio Row is when you could see this load off the shoulders of the guests going, thank goodness I got to talk about Dove. Right. Exactly. Right guard. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we, oh, they got that out in 30 the, seconds because the PR guy's over my shoulder leaning into me, waiting and, for me to say it. And what we observed was the PR guy is going to stand there until you plug the product. Then once they do, they like go get food. They like look at their watch and go, well, there's 10 minutes, I'll be back. And they leave. And then you have a good conversation. But we just thought, these are a bunch of people we don't normally get on. So we think the audience will appreciate some time with them, even though they know it's kind of bought and paid for and it's a little bit of a dog and pony show. But come on, it's one week. You know, what the heck else are we going to talk about? You know, Kyrie getting traded in the NBA. So, But today is kind of the day on Radio World where things start happening. Right. Monday and Tuesday are dead. Correct. People start showing up by Wednesday, right? And then, of course, some of the national media, they like yesterday was Fox's PR day. I'm assuming that Fox then allowed their talent and, you know, to circulate Radio Row yesterday. Now, of course, if you're doing a show on a four-letter network, you, you know, many stations, you know, oh, we can't talk to them. Uh, he's doing play-by-play of the Super Bowl. Yeah, but he works for the three-letter channel. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. They're doing the Super Bowl. Well, we can't talk to him. 
that's where it helped that, you know, for the longest time we worked for the four-letter affiliate, all right? But we worked in a mid-market. We didn't care. I just, please. You work for Fox? Great. Here's a chair. Can we get you something to eat? All right. Cocktail? <laughs> yeah. Well, that went really well. For us. Yeah, and for the guest, at least originally. But anyway, Seth Everett, he'll be ranting and raving about that, I think, in about 20 minutes' time. Howard Beck, in less than an hour, he'll join us to talk about the NBA because, you know, it's been an eventful few days, and it could be an eventful next 30-plus hours. David, you haven't been to the house in a long time. By house, I mean Waffle House, but you told me earlier this week you've been waffling on this game. Yes, Yes. Uh, it seems, based on just my hunch, that you're still in the waffle maker right now. I am. Uh, initially, and all last week, I was like, listen, nobody's better than the Eagles at the line of scrimmage, and ultimately this is football. And Chuck Noll was right. It's blocking and tackling. And when it's about something other than that, call me. Well, then I started thinking about it. First off, I'm sorry. I think the Eagles have a coaching or the Chiefs have a coaching advantage. I, I just do. I'm sorry. Reed and Spagnola have been there before. And and I don't think it's as much prep as it's during the game. It's handling the pressure of the moment. And so I'm sorry. I think the Chiefs in a close game have the coaching advantage. I mean, you can't tell me Nick Sirianni's as good a coach as Andy Reed. Come on now. He's done a great job this year. He may turn out to be as good a coach as Andy Reid. Remember, the guy in Los Angeles got schooled and then three years later came back and won the Super Bowl. I mean, there are times in which, you know, the old guys just got to tap you on the head and go, you're going to have your day someday, just not today. So that's number one, Mark. I have to believe that the Chiefs have a coaching advantage in this game. If we're checking boxes, yep. coaching, I'm checking the Chiefs. Thank and you, secondly, Jimmy the Greek. And yes. And secondly, I mean, I know, listen, we've all seen it. He's been terrific. They've been terrific. It's a quarterback's league, right? How many times does the inferior quarterback win the Super Bowl? It's all happened. We can name it. Nick Foles outplayed Tom Brady, played the game of his life, the whole deal. But, I mean, if, if you're betting our 20 bucks in a toss-up game, which this is, I mean, so we're, we're thinking it's a close game, correct? I mean, the I, spreads... I have from the get-go. I, okay. I, I've thought this was going to be a close football game. I okay. mean, literally, as as the two teams are winning their championship games, I'm I'm excited about what the potential of the Super Bowl is. Okay, so if we think it's a close game, which Vegas has it a close game, a lot of people are thinking it's a close game. It's undeniable the Chiefs have the better coaching, right? And it's undeniable they have the better quarterback. Correct? You're right. So why am I picking the Eagles? Offensive unless, line, defensive line. Okay. Unless it's not as close a game as we think, to be honest with you. Unless the Eagles at the point of attack are just that much better that they can win the game with inferior coaching and an inferior quarterback. 
Because if it's kind of sort of even up front, don't you think the edge goes to Kansas City? I do. I I wonder still, you know, we've been talking about the Mahomes injury nonstop. What is the Jalen hurt? How is his shoulder? Well, we had Joe Theismann on Monday who said, listen, he's close to 100%. He goes, in his words, a quarterback's eye here. I still think the shoulder's a little stiff on some throws. I thought I saw that. But let's face it, against the Giants and the Niners, he hasn't been asked to do no. much. And he's going to have to do a lot more in this game. Well, that's the thought. Unless the Eagles, quite frankly, are just so damn good up front. And that's all, that's what keeps haunting me, Mark. I think the Eagles at the line of scrimmage are the best team in the league. At at quarterback, Kansas City. At coaching, Kansas City. At tight end, Kansas City. Name me a, another spot where you think Kansas City's better. Defensive tackle. Close. Eagles have the depth. I'll take the two guys that Kansas City lines up there as better than any individual that the Eagles have. The problem for Kansas City is <laughs> Jason Kelsey is blocking one of you. That's the problem. Seriously. That's also what I keep going back to. Chris Jones is amazing. Yeah, he doesn't line up against Jason Kelsey every day. And Kelsey's going to be the guy coming over on the double team. So, you know, and Pat, I think yesterday told us Spags is going to blitz the heck out of Hurts. Going to blitz the heck out of him. With rookies in the secondary behind that blitz. That, to me, is the game. Who wins that battle? That chess match also. You know, we put an over-under yesterday on Kelsey, and I've not seen the props, and I'll dig into that tonight. But we put an over-under on Kelsey. It's you and I trying to say if he gets to hear what. If you did the same thing with A.J. Brown, and I told you he was going to have 7 for 90, would that be enough to change your mind? Because I, I think A.J. Brown has to have a big game or a, a solid game. If you're right, if Pat's right about the blitzing, they've got to be able to to get that receiver the football. Well, I think if he goes seven for 90, they win. I do. I know. I wish he had said seven for 90 and a touchdown. But seven for 90, okay. That's what's haunting me, Mark. I mean, trust me. I keep I keep spitting out eagles. But what is haunting me is Mahomes. And I mean, let's face it, he he can beat you. He can beat you. He can beat a pass rush. And once the play breaks down, then whatever great Bradbury slay with the receivers, once the receivers break off their routes, it's advantage Mahomes if he gets out of the pocket. I think the Eagles have more ways to win this game. I do. But you only need one way to win.
And what I'm curious about, like the, the Eagles haven't been in a close game in a long time. And certainly they really have. I mean, they had what? They were tied mid-second quarter against the Niners. And then they had that long drive. The Niners had all those defensive penalties. They pounded it in. And I, it, literally they had, I, I don't know, three minutes of pressure so far in the playoffs. You know, what if the Chiefs get off to a 14-3 start? What if Mahomes just comes out 9 of 10? Boom, 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 all over the field. Andy's first 10, 15 plays, eats them alive. 14-3 Chiefs. I've thought about this, and it's so simplistic in there, but, you know, everybody defers. It's what you do. You don't You don't ever take the ball. When you're the Eagles and you win the toss, you're telling Mahomes, here you go. Start with the ball. It's what you're talking about. Like I, it's one of those where I almost would, and I know they won't, but I don't want to win the toss and say, Hey, hey, here, Patrick Mahomes, why don't you go get the lead? So that's, what's haunting me, Mark. Am I really going to put my money on the team that I feel, no matter how great, and you could make the case Nick Sirianni should be the coach of the year. Okay, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. But I'm saying at the end of the day, is he equal to, and is Jonathan Gannon equal to Andy Reid and Steve Spagnola in a Super Bowl? I mean, you would, come on. Are you really telling me that's a push? Oh, no. Okay. So now we get back to the quarterback. I mean, you could vote for Jalen Hurts for MVP. But he's not the better quarterback. So I'm going to pick the team that doesn't have the better quarterback and the better coaching. And I'm still leaning on doing it, but I'm just telling you I'm scared. Because when Reed and Mahomes combine and put 38 points on the board and win an all-time classic, I'm going to be looking in the mirror going, well, dude, you said they had better coaching and better quarterback. What's your problem? In fact, let me write this down. 2823-750, where Moulton said the Chiefs would win but still picked the Eagles. May need that on Monday. Exactly. Seth Everett is next. He's in a foul mood. We'll find out why. Should be entertaining right here. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network.